Blog Talk Radio. This is all about all wine. About wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine btr and now all about wine is on here's wow thank you thank you bus people thank you Uh, you know what happened somebody shot the whistler Oh really? Wow. He's not there. He he wasn't whistling tonight, so I didn't hear him, you know, as as obnoxious as he has been in the past. So I think somebody probably just shot him. Um or gagged him. I don't know. Uh, welcome to All About Wine. It is seven oh one. Seven oh one on five nineteen twenty twenty two. We are live if you want to talk to us. You can't, but you can message us, and we will go from there. And uh, we have a guest tonight, Andrew, and I'm not going to destroy his last name for you, so I'll let him tell us how you pronounce it. Uh, Andrew is our guest tonight, and he will uh, uh, tell you all about Grace Winery. It's located in Glen Hills, Pennsylvania. He's the winemaker there, actually, at Grace Winery. And he will uh, uh, tell us about his journey to the Andrew Yinkst, I think it might be. Um, But he'll tell us about his journey there and all that. He should be joining us pretty soon here. And, no, actually, he is sitting in in the green room. We're ready to bring him on out to to the show, so we will do that now. Okay. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to All About Wine. Hey, Ron. How are you doing? Can you hear me all right? Oh, yeah. Very, very well. Uh, thanks for joining us okay, tonight. I'm glad you're taking the time out to spend some time with us and uh, tell us some yeah. of the good things. You're located in southeast Pennsylvania. Am I not wrong on that? You're absolutely right. We're about a 35 to 45 minute drive from Philadelphia. Um, oh, wow. And it's really bu- bucolic, uh, beautiful piece of property here. Um, it, I, I always say this in all my spiels, but uh, it, it doesn't feel like we're uh, only 35 minutes away from the fifth largest city in the country. So Yeah, I can imagine. That is gorgeous country up there, too. I've been around there and visit some wineries and all that and it is very very beautiful country um so and first thing how do you pronounce your last name <laughs> sure it's uh yinks uh yinks. kind of a bastardized form of uh a german german last name but yinks yep oh okay uh, i just you know it uh, almost looked uh oriental and uh yep yeah no I've, uh, I've, there's some definitely some funny stories uh that, that have, about that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. uh, so you are the winemaker at Grace Winery, am I correct? Yep, yep, that's correct. I've been here for four years now. Well, four years okay. as of July. Tell me your story leading up to becoming a winemaker there. Where did you? Where were you originally from, and what is your, uh, well, your background and all that? What led you yeah. into becoming a wine person, and eventually? What landed you at the job there at uh, Grace Winery? Yeah, sure. So um, I was born and raised in South Central Pennsylvania, right outside of Gettysburg, in a small town called Hanover. Our only claim to fame is Butts Potato Chips and Snyder's Pretzels. That's uh, enough. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's that's what we're known for. But uh, wine is definitely not what we're known for. Uh, I grew up drinking milk with dinner every single night. Uh, I can't say I had too much wine outside of a jug or outside of a box. Uh, so, you know, yeah. so I can't say it was a natural fit for me in the beginning. It's not what I expected to do. Uh, I went to college up at the University of Vermont. Um, after I got a degree in geography and economics, again, nothing related to the wine industry. Um, but I liked agriculture and I got to work on a blueberry farm afterwards and it kind of just spurred the interest to, to see some other options. And I had a, a buddy of mine who, uh, wanted, we always joke, he says he had a quarter life crisis cause he was 25 and, uh, <laughs> and didn't want to, didn't want his job anymore. Wanted to make a big change. He asked me if I wanted to go to New Zealand with him. Uh, I, after the harvest on the blueberry farm, I didn't have any plans. So I went to New Zealand with him. Uh, I traveled around the country for about four months, bought a car, drove the South Island uh, in a circle twice. Uh, Not the biggest island in the world, so it was great to see everything. Um, I got to live in Nelson and Blenheim, which are in the Marlboro regions, uh, as well as a short stint in the Otago region. And that really introduced me to the wine world. Uh, I I can't say I didn't have a ton of money, so we were all – we would go to tastings uh, only if they were free, but uh, it, it got me interested in the whole world. And I knew I wanted to come back to the States and work in a vineyard. Uh, so I came back and uh, I did what all young 23, 24 year olds do. I think I was 23. I tried to find a way to mooch off my parents and uh, I found a, <laughs> I found a vineyard close by um, Uh, called Adams County Winery. Uh, They're in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. They're one of the oldest wineries in Pennsylvania. Uh, They make a lot of traditional Pennsylvania, French-American hybrids, uh, really, really well-known in the state. Uh, I've been around for a long time. Uh, I was, uh, you know, a vineyard hand, uh, where eventually I got moved up to the, uh, you know, cellar rat, uh, cellar assistant, uh, assistant winemaker. I don't really know if I had an official title because it was a, it was two of us. Uh, I fell under a fantastic winemaker named Michael Vorauer, who uh, at that time had over 30 years of experience in the wine world. Uh, he came from Texas. Uh, his background was in southern Germany uh, and like wow. northern Austria area. Um, so I got to really stand on his shoulders. Uh, I worked under him, I believe, for two years at, uh, at Adams County Winery. And then he moved on to help start or get on the ground floor of Felino Estate, which is up in the Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, that winery is more geared to Italian wines, uh, dry, a lot of big dry reds, um, but definitely on the, with Italian uh, twist. Uh, after about eight months, uh, he called me and asked if I wanted to, you know, move up there with him and, and uh, take the, he recruited me. So I said, wow. uh, absolutely. So uh, he and I have a great relationship. Uh, and I call him all the time to, <laughs> I still have, when I still have questions. Um, so, so he, so yeah, he, he brought me up to. Uh, hey, Ron, it's Melissa Jacobs from Grace Winery. I'm here too. I'm just wondering if you know all of these places that Andrew uh, I, talking about do you know pennsylvania wines at all actually not all of them because pennsylvania has like 20 trillion wineries but i know oh, yeah, we're at 450 450 as of the most recent count and i think are you? Uh-huh. in the next six months we have there's applications to get to around 486 somewhere wow. around there well I, yeah. i've interviewed so, quite a few wineries in pennsylvania uh the past oh about three four years ago i went through a whole list of a Pennsylvania wineries I interviewed. And so I am familiar with a lot of the names up there, but then a lot of them, like I say, there's so many of them, there's no way you can, oh, yeah. you know, be familiar with all of them. But I am familiar with the areas. I am familiar with all that. I've been there. I've been up there and yeah. traveled around the different wineries. Oh, geez. It's been 10 years now uh, that I was up yeah. there. So. I mean, in 10 years to now, there's probably been another 75, 80 wineries added on. So, Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think, well, when, I think it was big, a big boom. I mean, in 2011, I believe there was about 100 and someone can definitely correct me on this, but I believe there was around 170, uh, approximately maybe 180. 
And I remember somewhere in 2018, they, they crossed like the 300 mark. And yeah. now like yeah. I, you know, so now we're up to 450. So yeah, it's, it's booming. It, so Ron, what booming. is your opinion of our wines here in Pennsylvania? You know, this is like asking what's your opinion of food. There are so many different <laughs> types of wines in Pennsylvania. I, I mean, it just it runs the gamut of uh, of taste and flavors and stuff. Uh, I, I've visited wineries in Pennsylvania that were that were farm wineries that did some unknown grapes that I had to look up to see what they were and they made decent wines and I visited some with the French American hybrids that are just mm-hmm. phenomenal. That's been around for a long yeah. time. That has done a great job. And, uh, you know, so it's overall, you know, give it, give it an A. I mean, it is the Pennsylvania wineries and Pennsylvania mm-hmm. wines are really doing great. The thing is right now, and I think I've talked about Pennsylvania wines and wineries because of the glassy wing sharpshooter, or I'm sorry, not the glassy wing sharpshooter, because of the, uh, uh, oh, Mike, help me on it. What's the bug? What's the bug? Um, oh, the spotted lanternfly. I, yeah, thank you. Spotted lanternfly. I, yeah. I've been I've been mentioning the Pennsylvania and the spotted lanternfly quite a bit over the last three or four years because it's just, yeah. it, it seems like any report I get from Pennsylvania is about the spotted lanternfly and so uh yeah i mean the epicenter was about an hour away from where i am now uh now luckily we have really not uh, personally the grace winery has not been affected that badly from it um we got it a little bit later than some other people even though our proxy you know due to our proximity you would expect we would have been one of the first ones hit um But, you know, when I was at Felino, we had we sourced grapes from uh, a local a vineyard that had, I think they had about 40 acres. Uh, the one year, it wasn't an issue at all. We got about 1,000 gallons of, you know, worth of grapes from them. The next year, we got about 140 and it, uh, <laughs> uh, gallons, and uh, it was awful stuff. Well, you know, the first year was fantastic. It was one of my favorite wines I've ever made was that Pinot Noir from them, and the next year was one of the worst wines I've ever made in my life. Um, oh my and then gosh. we, and then the next year they, he, he didn't make any more of, uh, he got rid of them all. He was more wow. of an apple or, or, uh, oriented anyway, more mm-hmm. orchard, but, but yeah, he, um, he, he said it wasn't worth it anymore. Now he was, that was the epicenter where he was. Um, literally I think the town or the town over is where they got introduced. But um, to be honest, I, I think, I'm not. We're, we're still kind of looking for answers in general uh, about the spy land to fly in the sense of um, it's here. It's obviously here to stay. Uh, we we definitely can kill them. That's not the issue. But we are interested to see where its life pattern, what what it'll do in the near future. In the sense of, uh, will like last year wasn't that bad for most wineries. Uh, has it? Oh, one big theory right now is that it's kind of just spread out that they were so concentrated before uh, that they were able to overtake vineyards, and, and they do love vineyards. Uh, I mean, they mostly go for hardwood trees, but vineyards right. seem to be like cotton candy to them, grapevines specifically, <laughs> I should say. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, th- there's the one tree that they love, and uh, they have – that. that's kind of their – I, I should say eggs and butter and bread and the wow. cotton candy, like I said, are the vines. But this year, it, it, you know, it's it's calmed down. It doesn't it doesn't seem that bad. And uh, now other vineyards could probably argue with me for sure. Um, but we know how to kill them. Uh, it's just, you know, they keep coming back from the woods. So that's kind of the big what, problem. What are you What are you doing to control them, kill them? What uh, is procedure? Insecticide. I mean, there's really, at this point, there's there's not really, there's no um, holistic way to do it. There's, it's really just, uh, you got to spray, you got to spray for them. And uh, I mean, it's the same things we have to spray for, for the, you know, other issues like great berry moss uh, and what have you. Um, So it's kind of, they kind of die out naturally when you spray for everything else. So, so, Ron, we don't want to get too far ahead, but you, we sent you some wine. Have you opened it? Are you enjoying it? Because we certainly are here. Actually, I am enjoying a bottle of the Chardonnay even as we speak. I opened up one, chilled it a little bit before the meal or before the show. And, uh, oh, great. I, 
I have the Chardonnay right here. I have to tell you, it's fantastic. It really is got that classic Chardonnay aroma to it. It's got a great taste. Uh, you don't oak. I well, take we, it. so this is actually it's twenty five percent barrel fermented, okay. uh, and then it it spends about and now it's it's a pretty neutral barrel, so uh, it, you know it might have had a little bit of life left in it, uh, but yeah, we we try to go for a lighter oak style here. Uh, with our Chardonnay, um, yeah, and it's French, 100% French oak, uh, or you know, the 25% that does have it, um, and then the 75% is stainless steel fermented. And I use two different yeasts: one specific for the barrel, one for the stainless steel, to try to add some complexity to it. Um, and and I, I I I always like the I like this Chardonnay a lot because I think it, it, you know it's our estate grown. It does really well here. It grows. It does really well with our terroir. Uh, it's very consistent from year to year. And one one issue Pennsylvania can have is it can be pretty wet. So when you mm-hmm. find something like Chardonnay, our Pinot Gris also goes really well. Uh, we're a very good uh, white growing site, grape growing site. Uh, when you find that, you, you, it's really nice to have that consistency from year to year. Well, the uh, you said well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said that you didn't oak. It's it's you're so used to Chardonnays that are so heavy oak that you hmm. lose the flavors and the complexity of the Chardonnay yeah. because it's just like a chewing on a piece of uh, tree or something. <laughs> and you know, I, yeah. I I I I'm tired of those. I don't I, yeah. I don't look for those. And this one, it was so refreshing and so light. Uh, just a slight hint of sweetness. Now I don't know if you aim for that or not, but I'm. I'm just you know I, I don't uh this one doesn't have any sugar in it now i will add sugar if it if it requires it but i really only do it for balance um we don't really make any historically we don't make any sweet wines here at grace um although we are coming out with one soon called the gracie red which we haven't done in about four years uh or so i believe uh and it's you know probably going to be a semi-sweet red uh we're just kind of putting final touches on it now uh to kind of hit that you know, segment of the market. But in, in general, I think you don't necessarily need to be a sweet wine winery to attract a lot of the people that consider themselves uh, sweet wine aficionados. Uh, and not, and I'll be honest, I love, I was just in Alsace, France, and they have some fantastic sweet oh, Rieslings. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, and I think, I think it just shows that the sugar is not the enemy. Um, it's it's all about balance. And if you add too much sugar and throws it off balance, that's the issue. If you add too little amount of sugar, that can be just as much of an issue. So right. well, I'm gonna, um, I'm, I am picking up just just a hint, just a hint of sweetness. Now it might be that the oak. I'm so used to Chardonnays being so yeah. oak that you, you start losing some of the intricacies of it. But this one is. I think I so I, I would say to, to, for this Chardonnay, I, I know I didn't add sugar to it. I'm pretty sure. But what I did do is uh, I'm a big proponent of the use of polysaccharides during fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what this does is it adds a little bit of uh, that sweetness on the palate. A, percept- a lot of times in the, uh, when it's described by the sales rep, it's, it's described as a perception of sweetness. Yep, it softens the wine without having to add sugar, which, uh, you know, when you look at when you're thinking about stability for your wine for over the long haul, that's really nice, especially while it's still in tank. Because that sugar is, you know, if it's if you have sugar in the tank, then it can potentially start fermenting, re-fermenting in the barrel uh, or in <laughs> oh, the tank yeah. uh, or in the bottle, okay. which is always a nightmare. So yes, doing fine. things like polysaccharides, um, tannins that will add during fermentation, uh, some of the oak chips, a lot of times, uh, you know, it gives a nice little sweet vanilla flavor to it. Um, yeah. which is, I, you know, it, it, I, I like to find uh, unique ways to add those uh, characteristics without, I kind of consider sometimes sugar to be a blunt force tool. So if I can kind of more hone it in and use uh, a scalpel instead of a, uh, instead of a hammer, I like yeah, to do that. Exactly. Well, that's, that's probably what I'm detecting is that just a little, little hint of sweetness in there, which is surprising yeah. for Chardonnay because people, you know, say Chardonnays have to be dry, and you know, and you you pick up that hint of sweetness in that in the back of the mouth, and you're going, oh, well, that's a little bit refreshing yeah. there. It, it's not 
not overpowering by any means, but it's it's a very nice flavor to it. So, but it's very nice. Yeah, I think refreshing is the yeah refreshing and balance are the two things that I really like to go with with my whites. Yeah, and that's, you've reached that on this Chardonnay. This is the 2020, I believe. Well, thank you. Yes, it is. Yes, you did. You you did an excellent job on this. This is very nice. I am looking really forward to it. the – oh, it, you can take a bow. It's, it is it is good. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the Cabernet Franc because I am a big Great. Cabernet Franc fan. And, uh, uh, yeah. And so I'm really we, looking we forward to We have about – on, on Grace, uh, on the estate property, we have uh, about an acre of it. Uh, we have a, our vineyard's a pretty small one; it's about five acres, and the vast majority of all of our fruit comes from, uh, you know, vineyards in our area. Uh, whether that's you know, 15 minutes away in Coatesville or 25 minutes away in the Westchester area, um, you know, there's a lot of really good grapes growing around here. Uh, so, you know, Cab Franc is one of them. Uh, I usually consider Cabernet Franc to be a prime grape from Virginia up to the Finger Lakes, uh, and mm-hmm. if it's on someone's if it's on someone's tasting menu, I almost always make sure I get a, a sample of that. Yeah, I just I I love Cabernet Franc. I just something I fell in love with way back when I first started getting into wine many 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 years mm-hmm. ago out in California, and I've always been a fan. That and Barbera, those are the two. Yeah. Two, two of my favorite reds there. So uh, Yeah, and actually, Barbera has actually grown in popularity over here on the East Coast. I think it really has that nice acidity. It's a little lighter of a red. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, I think it, it it's a little hidden uh, treat if you see it on a, see it at a winery, I think. It, yeah, I think so too, yeah. You can, and uh, every once in a while I'll get out to California and I'll find a winery that has it and I'll go, ooh, you, you still do this. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I remember from years ago quite a few wineries and they got away from it. So, well, while we're talking about your wines, why don't we just go ahead and continue that? See, Melissa got us on sure. this. And so, so we'll, we'll continue going on this. Okay, the, the Cabernet Franc, 100%. Uh, how yep. long, uh, how long is it in, uh, uh, Yep, French oak. Barrels before um, you bottle it. Yeah. So about uh, 15, 16 months, um, you know, plus or minus a few days, um, you know, usually about a year and a half or so. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what this Cab Franc had. I know it's definitely over a year. I don't have the exact uh, exact dates in front of me. But, yeah, so we do uh, – this is 100% estate. Um, we had a really good harvest that year. Uh, the funny thing is is actually 2018, um, the year prior to this, was my first year at Grace Winery, first year as a head winemaker, and it was mm-hmm. the worst harvest on record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it rained – perpetually uh never never stopped raining and then when it, the days that it didn't stop raining it uh we had cloud cover and it was gray and foggy and never, things just dried, never out. dried out <laughs> so we pretty much didn't produce I, not many wineries around us produce any reds uh the whites were okay you know we're good uh we didn't really have too much of an issue for that because most of the the issues with the rain really came in uh you know post right at the right around yeah post white harvest um mm. So, you know, for us, that's usually mid-September. We're a little bit later than a lot of the other wineries around us, um, just historically speaking. Uh, So the next year, we had a fantastic harvest uh, in 2019. Maybe maybe we were only comparing it to 2018, but everyone I talked to in the area was like, oh, this is one of the best ones we've had. So uh, 2019, we had that Cabernet Franc uh, that was just really solid. Uh, We don't we don't always make. Uh, a single varietal. A lot of times, you know, our two main flagship reds are our Dragonfly Red Blend and our 1734 Red Blend. Mm-hmm. Those blends can be um, different every single year. Uh, it's, uh-huh. they're, they're pretty drastically different a lot of times, but they try to search for the main for uh, singular goals. So the 1734 is always supposed to be big, bold, more earthy, a little bit oakier. And to go in juxtaposition of that, the dragonfly is supposed to be a little bit lighter, a little bit fruitier, a little bit easier to drink, a little less tannic if you're not into that. So we're trying to kind of hit both categories. So those are the goals, uh, and it almost doesn't matter what, which grapes specifically go into that. Uh, 
So I see. That, those are, that, yeah, that's what we usually do. Uh, and then when we have a variety like 2019's Cab Franc that can stand on its own uh, and, and it kind of just hits, hits the, the bar that we aim for, uh, we make sure we bottle it because it doesn't happen every year. Um, the reds can be tough around here with how much rain we get um, uh, or the threat of, of rain we get in during harvest time. Um, wow. So, so when we have it, we we really think it's an exceptional, exceptional year. I am looking so. forward to it even more now after that explanation. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, the your Sauvignon Blanc, uh, tell me about yep. that. Is that uh, a state, or do you bring that? Get the well, it will be somewhere? it will be soon. Uh, about we just planted our Sauvignon Blanc actually three weeks ago. Uh, oh. our, before that, it was coming from stagnant. And, well, and for the next few years until our our vineyard gets off the ground, uh, or I'm sorry, our those those specific vines get off the ground. Um, we will be getting it from Stag and Thistle Vineyard, also located in you know I think it's a uh, 20 minutes for me to drive a truck there mm. to pick up the grapes. Wow. So. Um, but yeah, they've been exceptional. We've we've gotten it in the last uh, two years. Uh, we actually just sold out of about a month ago of our Sauvignon Blanc of our of our first variety that we ever did here. And the second one is uh, we're, we have a big bottling day uh, next week, where we're going to be bottling our Pinot Gris, our Sauvignon Blanc, uh, the next batch of Chardonnay, uh, our Rosé, and what wow. am I missing? Oh, our Gracie Red. So it's, a, it's a two days of bottling madness. Uh, if you want to come up and work for it, uh, we'll pay yeah, you in wine. And, um... You know, it's always fun. Bottling is fun. And, you know, it's one of those things when I used to bottle, I would, for about a week before, I'd start dreading it. I'd go, oh, man, oh, yeah. we need to bottle. And you start getting people together and all that stuff. And you, you're getting all the logistics. And you're getting your bottles. And you're getting your corks. And you're getting the label. And you're getting everything set up and all that other <laughs> stuff. And then... As you're doing it, it's just sort of fun doing it. Then when you're over, you say, wow, that was great. I really enjoyed that. But then uh, two weeks before <laughs> yeah. the next one, you go, oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in that mentality right now. I just spent this morning <laughs> filtering all of the wines. Um, so I'm, I'm just literally I'm going down the checklist. Do I have everything? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, know, yeah. I, I know that feeling. I'm in it. Yeah, I hate to hate to get in the middle of it and go, oh, I'm going to run out of corks. But then you go, oh, that's right. I got some over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Been, been there, done that, let me tell you. Uh, so yeah. the Sauvignon Blanc is uh, yeah. uh, a, a light fruity, uh, from what I understand from your description here. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely – I really went for that New Zealand style. Uh, with now the, I was going to ask because you were there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got, I got a little bit of it rubbed off on me. So, yeah. so yeah, I really went for that really green bell pepper uh, flavor. And that it, funny enough, it didn't really take too much. Like it, it wasn't as strong as I was expecting. But what came through was the tropical fruit, uh, which mm-hmm. is something I was not expecting. Uh, it, but it was really pleasant. Um, last year was our first year for our Sauvignon Blanc, and it became our third best seller. Wow. So uh, I think other, yeah, I think other people really liked it too, um, and that's why we're bringing it back. We're really excited. Actually, this next year we're it's a little it's going to be a little bit different, um, but we're very I'm I'm really happy about it, especially as it's aged in the tank, um, changed in a really positive way. And and this always tends to happen to me, where uh, you know I harvest it in September, it's fermented by October. I hate it through December. Uh, <laughs> January, it starts to come around on me. And then, uh, you know, by bottling time, usually uh, late February, March, I'm usually in love with it. Um, yeah. So so this Sauvignon Blanc, I'm pretty happy about. Uh, we actually did a barrel, uh, a partial barrel fermentation. Uh, the barrels were more neutral than, than the Chardonnay. So it should really have uh, less less of an oaky flavor, if, if any at all. Uh, right. it, it just has a really nice, uh, I think it has a little bit more complexity than the last one. Um, so I'm really excited about it. It does have some of the, a little bit of a surly characteristic to it, mm. um, which I'm ex- excited about because it, it's weird. When I think of Savion Blanc, especially New Zealand style Savion Blanc, um, 
you know, Sir Lee is not what comes to my mind. Uh, not at all. You know, exactly. So, and it's not very nutty or any of those type of, you know, flavors. It, it's, um, it, it, it just seems to be more rounded, um, which is always one of those words where someone's like, well, what does that mean? And I, I don't really have a good description of it until they actually taste it. And they say, oh, now I know what you're talking about. Um, but it has a really nice rounded, more complex flavor to me. Um, I'm really happy. It still has the tropical notes to it. And as I've, as it's aged from January to now, the, what's come through the most it is that green bell pepper is starting to stick its nose out. So I'll be really interested to see in about six months what flavors have come to the foreground um, and what, what are imperceivable in the future that I'm really picking up now. That green bell pepper is a classic New Zealand yeah. uh, Sauvignon Blanc. So uh, yeah. it's interesting that you keep bringing that up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, good. It, it sounds like a, uh, another big seller this coming year for you then. So, Ron, um, can we tell you a little bit about the history here at Grace and some of the other things that we do here? Well, I was going to get into that as soon as I finish these wines here. Uh, there's a couple I'm really curious about, though, on the wines, and then we'll we'll start listening about okay. the history. Yeah. The dragonfly, oh, you mentioned yep. that earlier. What is the dragonfly, and how did that come about? Yeah, so I won't uh, – there's a little bit of a backstory with it. Um, the current owners, uh, Chris Levine, his, his, uh, his sister originally owned this property back in the 90s, and uh, her favorite uh, little memento, uh, what she drew all the time, just a, a little you know, icon that she, she loved was the dragonfly. Um, and as kind of an ode to her, she, he made – the dragonfly red blend. Uh, and it's been a staple since the beginning. Um, like I said earlier, it's supposed to be a little bit, you know, more on the fruity side, a little bit lighter. Uh, you know, when people come to our winery and they're like, we're not big red wine drinkers. What would you recommend to kind of dip our toes into it? I usually push the dragonfly on them. Uh, it just seems to, it seems to be more welcoming than say the 1734 to that, where I would recommend that more for, uh, someone who definitely who knows they like reds um and is more experienced red wine drinker your cuvee then is that mm-hmm. a little bit heavier but not quite as light as the dragonfly so the cuvee is actually a sparkling wine oh is um, it? okay yeah uh so we're this is something we're just dipping our toes into and we're kind of this uh, to be honest it was kind of a way to test our market and see what the um, appetite for this is for us. Now we do a lot of weddings here at Grace. Um, Mm -hmm. When I first got here, I think we did 10 and now we're, I think we're over 20 this year or right around 20. So it's, it's becoming a really big part of our business here. And as someone who recently got married here, uh, I definitely recommend it. So uh, (laughs) please come on out. Uh, Fantastic photos on our Instagram. So come check them out. Um, But yeah, so, so, we wanted something to offer for those champagne toasts, uh, and and we of course wanted our own wine for that for that specific aspect. so it's it's Chardonnay. It is our state Chardonnay, and we tend to we grow a good amount of Chardonnay um, that slightly outpaces uh, you know the demand for it. So every other year we kind of flip it back and forth. One year we do sparkling, the next year we do a still Chardonnay and we go back and forth with it. Um, oh. so that, yeah. So I believe you, uh, so right now we have on sale, uh, the 2019 cuvee, which is, uh, we actually just released it. We finished, uh, it got finished bottling the other day. Uh, I will say it's fourth carbonation. Um, we are, like I said, we, this is our entry into this world. So before we bought all of the expensive, uh, equipment, we wanted to, like I said, see what our market was, um, and right. then we, uh, I'm, I'm, we're really looking forward to it, and, and we think it sold really well, and we're, uh, I think we're going to be putting out probably a traditional uh, this harvest. Uh, that's the goal. Wow, so, that sounds exciting. The Vintners yeah. Reserve. What is? Uh, uh, that's 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 my baby. That uh, we're all we're about all out of, but that that one I wish I could have sent you, sent you, but that was a very limited release, and. Uh, um, 
pro- I have to say that's probably my favorite wine I've ever made. It was Cabernet Sauvignon and Petit Verdot. Um, it was, we only made about three barrels of it, so about 75 cases, about you know, 72 after racking and filtration. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was about uh, – it was Cabernet Sauvignon at uh, 66% and Petit Verdot at 33 or 34 um, and then we, the, the funky thing we did with that was uh, barrel fermentation. Uh, I'm sorry, mm. yeah, red barrel fermentation. So uh, I had to take uh, a head of the barrel off um, and you know, put about a little less than about two-thirds of a ton into each barrel of grapes and then quickly put the heads back on before oh. wine spilled or juice spilled everywhere. Uh, so closed it back up, and then we it macerated in the in the barrels. We rolled the barrels back and forth for about 60 days. So it was wow. extended maceration at colder temperatures, uh, you know, because it wasn't able to reach the high temperatures that a large tank would be able to. Um, right. So uh, it just it bubbled away. It made a really fantastic, really fruity, um, but oaky at the same time. It was new barrels, uh, new French oak mm. barrels. Um, that that it fermented in and then it aged in uh, older French oak barrels. Uh, we didn't want it to be too oaky. And the main the main reason I did this is I wanted to impart the French oak into the wine a li- like integrate it a little bit cleaner. Uh, you know, one issue is kind of what you said is, is earlier is about you know sometimes when you have an oaky wine it can really just hit you like a two by four. Um, and feel like you're tasting a tree, which is not what we want. We want to integrate those flavors a little stronger where you get what uh, I always like to call the pumpkin spice latte flavors, your Mm -hmm. cinnamon, your clove, your nutmeg, um, you know, a chocolate, all of those flavors that are really nice out of a barrel. Uh, And we wanted to do new oak with that because we wanted to make sure that it really got imparted early on. So now we actually, God, we, I think we, the only case we have left that we have maybe a case and a half of that. And, wow. uh, and I might steal that myself. So. <laughs> Put it away, save it. And yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the last one I'm curious about is the 1734. And it says, this is the yeah. anchor. What, uh, has this been around that yeah, long so, to be so the anchor? The seven- yeah, this is this is the anchor of our uh, or the flagship, whatever you want to call it, of our series. It is our, uh, you know, it fights with the rosé as our best seller, um, but it's definitely our best selling red. It is our big bold red. Uh, it, you know, this most recent year it was a Bordeaux variety, you know, Bordeaux style blend or Meritage, whatever you want to call it. Of um, I think it's uh, if I remember, it's fifty percent Cabernet Sauvignon followed by almost almost an even split of Merlot and Cabernet Franc. Um, the year prior, we had Syrah in it. So it can be completely different every year, but again, it has to be matching those goals that I was talking about earlier, being bigger, bolder, a little bit more earthy flavored, uh, maybe more tannic. So uh, it, it's definitely, this is a wine that I think it, age, it probably ages the best of our series, oh, yeah. of our portfolio. Um, this is one that, you know, right after we, we had to bottle it, uh, when we ran out, you know, it, sometimes we don't, it's a, you know, small business that we are, we don't have the luxury of being able to sit on wines for a year or two years, uh, in <laughs> yeah. the bottle before we can sell them. We have to get it out to the people right away. So, right. um, when we sold it, I think it was not quite ready yet, but, uh, it, it, you know, it still tasted fine, but it didn't really reach its, um, its apex. And as, as it's been, you know, we released this last summer, uh, late last summer. So now that it's been, you know, eight months or so, uh, I think it's really come along and now it's opened up to be, you know, the, the, the wine that I've really wanted it to become and, and knew it could become. Um, so I'm really, ha- I'm really happy about this one. This is one of, you know, we, we have a, a guy who lives next door named Tom. He does all of our landscaping and, um, you know, he's a fixture here and he uh, always comes in and has a glass of it. And uh, he goes, he goes back and forth between this and the dragonfly of which one. And I, I have to say, as of lately, it's a 1734 is, is, is what he always calls for. So I'm going to go with what I'm going to go with him and his ruling. 
you bottling a new batch of this, you say, this uh, coming up soon here? Is that one of them? Well, so the 1734 will probably wait to bottle until late summer, um, oh. probably early August or so. Um, but we, uh, we're, we're getting low on the dragonfly, so that one's going to have to come out relatively soon, probably in about a month or two. Um, and when I, I can't make one without the other one because they're supposed to work as opposing forces to each other. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we, um, you know, I, I make them simultane- simultaneously, but I might only bottle the one first. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, let's go back to Melissa's uh, comments here. Tell us about Grace Winery and all the the, the in and everything else. I mean, when I looked up Grace Winery, I was uh, overwhelmed with the the beauty of the place and uh, yeah. everything that it had to offer as far as the land and all that and uh, the history. I mean, you know, it's it goes back quite a ways on that too. So I'll, um, I'll let you oh, or yeah. Melissa tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the the property was originally a land grant from William Penn in 1734. Uh, so that's where the name comes from, 1734. Uh, the house was built right around them. Uh, the barn that is now the winery uh, is an old malting barn from, we believe, the 1750s. We don't have an exact date, uh, but we know the property was, of course, built in the seven, you know, late 1730s. And we know that the, revolu- that the British took over the property in the Revolutionary War. So we know in the 1770s uh, the barn was here because the generals, had the house and the soldiers got to stay in the barn. So we know the barn was here uh, and we know a beginning date. We know an end date. So So we're actually in the Brandywine Valley, which Mm -hmm. is part of Pennsylvania. And there was the battle of Brandywine um, with Washington. Yeah. Um, It was obviously uh, general George Washington at the time. And unfortunately he lost. Not not a good not a good battle to look up the cavalry. Yeah, not a... no. And then um, so they retreated through uh, this part of Pennsylvania, and ended up in Valley Forge or mm-hmm. the Valley of the Forge, as it was called at the time. And they had their winter encampment there, and that uh, is um, the start of Valley Forge and why is it it's so important. Um, to American history, and that's where that's where the soldiers changed from, you know, essentially this ragtag group uh, to becoming, you know, the Continental Army that uh, won the war. Won the yeah. war, yeah. So they yeah. marched in there as armies, militias of yep. the thirteen colonies, and they marched out a united force. So we're really proud of the history that we have here. Um, and Andrew gets to go to work in this gorgeous um, barn, but of course the the winery is state of the art. All of yeah. the uh, the equipment that he uses is state of the art. Yeah, I mean we've uh, the winery started in um, you know the vineyard got planted in 2007 was the first planting. So we are relatively young for uh, in the wine world. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I noticed uh, something I, on on the website. So you don't have pictures of of the the winery itself that much there's you know you you're very proud obviously of the uh of the inn and and the grounds and everything else but i'm i i thumb to it trying to find actual pictures inside the winery and back in you know the uh the tanks and things like that and yeah I, it's, it's usually because i have it as a mess because i'm usually running around with my head tied on <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are in the process of renovating the website, and we're actually filming uh, some video next week of Andrew doing the bottling process. All right. So um, we're trying to uh, – Grace is like a hidden gem. We're trying to unhide it. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, okay. we, we are kind of tucked away on this, uh, this road where I think we really only have – I think there's only two houses on our side of the street. That's not ours. Uh, and uh, only a few on the other side. So it's, it is interesting. We'll have people that aren't that far away, but like, boy, we never even knew you were here, and, and we live 15 minutes away. So those are yeah. some of our favorite people to get uh, to come by. So. Well, yeah, I, I look into this, and Mike and I were, were talking about uh, the website before the show, 
And he said, wow, they got a lot of people work there. And I go, yeah, even the dogs. And, and you know, it's just, you know, you got a, a, quite a quite I think a they, worked, they worked just as hard as everybody else there. So. They always do, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the pets are always the hardest workers. Uh, greet the people and all that. I noticed there was oh, a yeah. little um, a, a private dining area. Do you offer something oh, yeah. on that? Yeah, absolutely. We have this great dinner series. Uh, that's been running uh, every weekend. Um, the food is, is top-notch. Dan Wood is our chef. Uh, he's fantastic. We get spoiled here with his meals. Uh, we have, right now I believe it's, uh, and, and this fluctuates a little bit here and there, but we have a preset menu of three meals. Uh, we play a flat rate, and then you can get a wine pairing on top of that. And the, every single time, I mean, it's, uh, three courses, yes. Uh, and they're just, yeah, every anytime there's some leftover, you know, some it's some to share. It's really good. A lot of ingredients from Pennsylvania. Really local, right around here, and it pairs beautifully with our wines. Yeah, I mean, our the cheeses uh, come from some award-winning um, Birch Run. Yeah, Birch Run, uh, Doe Run, I believe. Uh, so that th- come out of Coatesville, which is not far from us. Um, so really, there's some really good food options. Uh, you know. Uh, what is it Newtown uh, Square that yeah. has all of the pretty much like all the mushrooms that you're going to find anywhere? Kenny Square. Square. So yeah. I literally get those backwards. Out all, the squares. all the squares. Thank you, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a tasting menu. Um, yeah. We have a more casual uh, dining experience in the barn mm-hmm. that um, has you know appetizers and sandwiches. Again, all with local ingredients that pair with our wines. Yeah, I mean, oh, the, you wow. can see on our Instagram the fantastic charcuterie boards that we offer. I mean, I think I, I do have to say, as, as uh, you know, brush your shoulders off a little bit. The uh, that's something that we <laughs> I think we can we, we do better than almost anyone else I, I've seen around is is what what we offer for food. Um, and, you know, our pub burger, our uh, yeah. our cauliflower buffalo bites uh, has been a staple on our menu since the beginning, and it's probably our top selling thing. Um, so yeah, and whether you're coming to the tasting room or doing the dinner series, it's the food is not something you have to worry about. That's for sure. I noticed one of the big headlines here: our tasting room reopening on March the fourth. Oh, you've been closed. Is that a winter hours? What what is the big headline here? Yep. Yeah, we just closed for uh, January and February. While you know that's where things are slower. We have a lot of outdoor space. So, you know, in those winter months, it's obviously just a little tougher to bring people in when it's, uh, you know, 15 degrees outside. Um, so we that's when we usually do a good cleaning of everything, um, reorganize, see if we want to do things differently for the upcoming year, uh, and that's when we make those changes. So just to set the scene for you, Ron, Andrew and I are in one of the cottages on the property. Um, this is one of the places that gets rented out. And we are looking at the there are horses and the vineyard, and there are people sitting around one of the fire pits um, oh, wow. drinking wine. I we're drinking wine and with uh, they have a kid there, so they have uh, definitely have a s'more kit. Uh, we offer s'mores, uh, yeah. and they're right next to our <laughs> in-ground pool. Yeah, uh, so it's a whole experience yeah. here that we really want people to come and relax, come with their family, or come with our partner because it's also very romantic. It is. Uh, we have Not a, for me and Andrew, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of proposals here. Uh, yeah. that's, that's one of the we, – we get phone calls about that all the time, people coming and asking to ha- where where can I propose. Um, the Yeah, it, it's such a romantic place, whether it's, it's the na- nature, the actual weddings that occur here, uh, whether you just fall in love with the wine and have to take cases of it home with you. <laughs> Um, it's really, it's really a great place. Uh, it, it's a good place to call, uh, call my office. That's for sure. Yeah. No, without question. Uh, do people have to make reservations? I mean, if they're going to stay there, how far in advance do you need to make reservations? Since obviously you're limited on uh, yeah, number of people. I, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. So right now, the, the tougher part is on the weekends because we have a good amount of weddings uh, where they can rent out the facility, which I definitely recommend doing as someone who. Uh, had a wedding here, uh, had a few cocktails, and then had to stumble back into his uh, into his <laughs> in the cottage. Um, you know, it, it's it's really fantastic. The um, uh, the reservations, you know, it, it really just kind of depends on the year. Uh, I think everything has its seasons. So you know, we're slower in the winter months, but we're red hot in the summer. 
So you definitely want to get a little bit ahead of it um, for the for the warmer months. We have a lot of people, a lot of repeat customers, and I think that's one of the fun things that I get to enjoy are uh, you have a family, you have a couple that's been coming here for 12, 15, 20 years now, and uh, staying at the inn, um, you know, seeing family or whatnot. They make this a Christmas tradition. Uh, I know one couple that, that comes here every single New Year's, uh, and seeing their faces is really nice because they're, they're some of the people that have seen this property change over the years. Um, I've been here for four years, and we've made some really awesome changes, uh, including the fire pit that I'm looking at right now. Um, so, yeah. So, Ron, I hope you'll come visit us next time you're in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. Oh, you know, it will definitely be on my list, without question about it. Um, before we let you go, Mike, is there any questions or anything you have for Andrew or, or Melissa? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything. How many cottages uh, and how many rooms are available um, at the inn and, and at, at your property? Yeah, so so if you're including our manor house and then the cottages, uh, we have about we can fit about 44 people, uh, and that's wow. you know if every uh, if every bed has two heads in it, um, that's a, approximate. Now we just uh, actually bought the property right next door to us, which is another house that uh, dates back to the 1700s. Um, we haven't gotten, given it a name yet, so I, I don't know 100%. We've just been calling it 72, but. It is a fantastic piece of property. We're doing a lot of work on it, and we're really excited. I think it's going to be ready by this fall, um, and it's going to be more geared towards, um, you know, people renting out that entire house because it's slight, you know, it's, a, it's the property in the next door, so it's a little bit more secluded, so you can have uh, a whole family rent that place out or maybe a, a couple families rent that place out, and that'll be, uh, I believe it's another three or four bedrooms, Um on top of that. So 44, about, you know, approximately 44 heads right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have about 15 different rooms uh, and each one is unique. I, I think one thing that's nice is you can go on our site and you can see every single room and you notice how yeah. different and well uh, manicured each one is. Um, and it, they're really nice. I think we see people yeah. wanting, um, especially since the pandemic, wanting experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come here, they they stay on the estate, um, but there's also a lot to do in the area. We have Longwood Gardens yep. right nearby um, and a lot of, you know, day trip kind of things. And you come home and yep. eat and drink here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Longwood Gardens is, is fantastic here. The, the city is only, uh, you know, 35, 45 minutes away. The, if you want to catch a ball game, uh, it's on the, you know, it's on the closer part of the city for us, which is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can go to the Chesapeake Bay in an hour. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can do in this area. And, and uh, I, I've loved making this area my home. And uh, I think I think anyone that comes out and visits visits here will see why. Uh, I'm just curious. You were talking about, you know, the new areas and wood and all that. Uh, wildlife. You must have a lot of wildlife wandering around that area. Uh, we got a lot of deer, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's deer everywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially Pennsylvania, it's just, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of wildlife. Well, we have a zoo here. We do have a zoo. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, we have the Philly Zoo, the oldest zoo in America, and then we also have, what's the one that's right? Um, we have animals on the farm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't forget the, the donkey. We got donkeys. We got llamas. I'm sorry, alpacas. There's alpacas, yeah. Uh, yeah. Donkeys. Alpaca. We've got plenty of goats, who are my favorite. And we got two horses, Radar and Bishop, uh, that are on property. So, And uh, our general manager, uh, Cody uh, Testerman, he loves to take uh, people out to do little uh, little excursions with the animals, kind of meet the animals, I think it's called. So that's always really fun. And the brides, the, the brides really love getting their pictures taken with the donkey. I don't know what that's about. That's, that's, that's the husband. That's the oh, husband. That's the husband, yeah. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've got my Yeah, you'll, see, you'll see a lot of photos of, uh, with the white, big white horse. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, you Are you on a wine trail up there in Pennsylvania or not? Not specifically, um, because we're a little bit there. There are some. There's the Brandywine Valley Wine Trail. There's there are a few others that we're adjacent to, um, but because Grace is one of the smaller, more boutique wineries, 
um, uh, it's a little difficult to just have people, you know, too many people come, I think. Um, so it's not the kind of place where there's going to be busloads of of people pulling up. Yeah, that's also true. We definitely cater to, uh, families, small parties, um, you know, parties of 12 or under is, is really our bread and butter. Oh, okay. And an AVA, are you in an AVA there? Not officially. No, we're not. And there's not a ton in, um, uh, I think we're right next to one. Um, but yeah, we're not in official AVA. Okay. I, I mean, just just things I'm I'm curious about. I usually always ask. Yeah, yeah so of course. Get those well, I mean, if, you, if if I mean, soon enough we'll eventually be in Chianti. That's taken over everywhere in Italy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, before we leave, I want you to give me contact information, email, Facebook, Twitter, uh, website, uh. uh phone number, everything. Yeah. Any way somebody wants to get a hold of you, give me all the information so everybody knows how to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So our website is uh, uh, gracewinery.com, so pretty easily, easy. Um, all of our Instagram handles are in at Grace Winery, um, all, of, all of the socials. Um, you can go to our website and go and get our phone number. Uh, so, yeah, we're pretty easy to find. Um and even despite how secluded we are. So. Yeah. And that's in, I-N-N. In that's correct. Grace in at Grace Winery. Yep. In like a bed and breakfast. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, Melissa, I'm glad you were able to join us. And Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and tell us all about Grace Winery and, and your wines and the, the whole place there and all that. And yes, I am definitely going to put you on my list next time i'm up in pennsylvania i have relatives in maryland and so that's just a a hop away i mean really so i will you know you can do a giant there's so many wineries out here on the east coast uh that you can really just do a huge excursion from maryland you know you can start in virginia and work your way up to uh up to finger lakes just make sure you stop in at us and be sure you have about six months to do that because there are so yeah, many yeah, ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks thank you so much for, for your time, Ron. We really appreciate oh, it. Thank you. And thank you so much for the wines. I am enjoying this Chardonnay tremendously, and I'm really looking forward to the Cabernet Franc. Uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate right. it. Y'all take care. Have yourself a good evening, and uh, the best to you on everything else. Thank you. Thank you, you too, so Ron. much. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, and they're gone. Melissa is the one Uh, I have been contacting and going through and all that, and uh, that surprised me. She popped in there like that. So, Uh, when she asked about, uh, you know, if you knew anything about the Pennsylvania wineries, I went back to the site and counted all of the wineries and guests we had from Pennsylvania. I think I counted uh, 13. I think there'll be 14, but uh, yeah, yeah, quite a few. Halifax, Edford, Hershey, uh, York. Oh. Um, York I Haven, totally Cambridge. We, we uh, interviewed quite a few yeah. of them, really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So oh. we have had we we have uh, talked to quite a few in, in uh, Pennsylvania. Good. Mm-hmm. And then the wine classroom, I think, was one, and um, yeah. they're based in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's quite a few. So. Yeah, and we yeah. also, I think, uh, uh, we had a uh, uh, a lawyer who represented Pennsylvania wineries and stuff too. He was on, so we've had Pennsylvania more than its share of representation mm-hmm. on the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. very so. good. Um, all right. Well, we're almost at the at the time. a minute from eight o'clock. Yep. You have anything uh, else to add, or we'll just tell them about our guest uh, Saturday morning. Uh, tell them about our guest. I'll let you tell them about our guest. Oh well, we have a guest Saturday morning. Uh, let me go to my. Uh, I know it's. Uh, she's from. God, I want to say Kent, uh, the UK. I, wanna I believe. S- uh, I want to say Kent also. Yeah, I believe it was Kent, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to back up here and find the uh the winery she, it was something with a g g <laughs> let me see if i can find it it was yeah. uh 
Oh, come on. Gus Bourne. Gus Bourne Wines. Uh, she'll be, uh, I think it's um, Reese. Uh, Why can't I find it? Laura. Laura, Master Sommelier uh, from Gus Bourne Wines, uh, will be on Saturday the 21st uh, at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, which is going to be like Monday uh, her time. I don't know what it is. But uh, a little different. It'll be the afternoon over there, but oh, uh, 3 p.m. UK time. Okay, I got it. Uh, yeah, so it'll be 3 p.m. Uh, her time, and uh, we'll be talking to Laura from Gus Bourne uh, out of um, I should have this somewhere. I had it written down someplace, but uh, yeah, she'll be on. Um, I know what's in here somewhere. You did a better job it's than I. I'm still looking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find. Why am I? I, email. Just... I just. Yeah, I've got the email too, okay. and I don't. You know, it doesn't have the hmm. names. It's just. No, that's yeah, not or it. Rice. Oh, rice I know. Or rice or... Master of Sommelier. I don't know, but Saturday morning we will be talking with her. Yeah. And, and I, I, have will the, be... I have the location on the Blog Talk Radio page, so it's in there somewhere. Yeah, and I'll uh, let's see. No, that's not it. Let's see. Here, is this just the one? Is this the one? Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. I have so many, so many emails from Melissa Muslim who has been studying mm-hmm. these English wineries for us and all of them are like back and forth, back and forth and she adds people onto it and all of that and let me see uh, uh, well, no, not that one we had another one in here hmm. um, I don't know well Oh, she will be. We will have a guest. Let's see. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I found Laura. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Laura. Uh, it's going to be the twenty-first. Okay, that'll work for us. Laura Rice. Race. She is a master sommelier. So, from England, which she's even less master sommeliers in England than there are here in the United States. So she is one of the few rare ones that is female and from England. So that should be interesting. So there we go. All right. Very good. Um, So Uh, I guess that will join us uh, Saturday morning. 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, 10 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, it will be three p.m. Yeah, so I look forward uh, to that. Okay. Yep, right, we got to update something. All right, we'll see you all uh, Saturday, and uh, then our regular show will be uh, Thursday again, uh, live on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, and YouTube. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great uh, week end. The rest of the week, yeah, tomorrow's Friday already, and uh, hopefully yeah, we'll uh, wow. you'll then tune in on uh, Saturday. And, yeah, uh, that's now what Thank you me. need to do is get up at seven, listen to Mike's radio show on Sky Blue, and then uh, after that, that's from seven to nine, and after that, just flip it over to All About Wine, and you can listen to us there. So that'll work out well for you, you there. You yeah. probably be able to hear me better on Jetstream Radio, but that's a- <laughs> I, oh, Sky Blue. There, I did it again. I keep saying Sky Blue, and you're on Jetstream. Why do I do that? I was on there. You know, when I first went to Jetstream, it took me about probably four or five shows to stop. This is, I, I was stopping myself because, all right, Sky, and I go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I yeah, can't say another, Jetstream. you know. Um, yeah. But oh. you know, getting, getting it through. I think you, you mentioned it last week, and I, I was like, oh, okay, this Skype, <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did Skype last week. I'm sure I did. It's Jetstream. Yeah, Jetstream. Get yeah. Skype out of the head. It's Jetstream. Oh, man. It's just every once in a while, once in a while I won't be thinking, you know, what am I on or something. Luckily, I have on the program, I have it in, I mean, it's on the the program window, I guess. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. On there. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I gotta look up and go. Okay, what am I doing again? Okay. Yeah, um, I just I, well, I don't know I don't know why. Well, you were on 
you were on Sky Blue for yeah. how long? You know, a couple of years? years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long time. Long time. Mm-hmm. More so, than five, I think. It was almost oh, that five long? or six wow. years. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah for a long time. so that yeah. just got embedded <clears throat> in my head, and I just, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> and yours. And so it's, it's <laughs> jet stream. Jet stream. Yeah. 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 Saturday. Okay. And if we ever say sky blue, <laughs> ignore us. What we really mean yeah. is jet strength. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have the uh, closed captioning re, re, uh, redo it. So. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. Change it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Right. So listen yeah. to Mike on jet stream Saturday morning, starting at <laughs> seven to nine and then flip it over and listen to all about wine at 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. That'll be interesting. That would or be 3 p.m. UK. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. Okay. Talk to you all then. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be safe. Video is... There it is. Wow. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Oh. And. And. Green.